0: Thank you Yoni. So today I've taken my son on uh, the day trip with me and we are in Beit Shemesh at the museum, the Biblical Museum of Natural History. Got to make sure I say that correctly. And uh, we're going to be sitting with Rabbi Natan Slivkin, the founder and the director. Hi, how are you?
1: I'm good, Joanna. How are you?
0: Good. So I've been here many times and I feel like every time I come you've got new toys and new new animals, new pets and and things to show me. So maybe just tell our listeners who those who've been here and those who haven't been here yet a little bit about what the museum is today and then we'll talk about the future soon.
1: All right so we uh, we present the animal world of the Torah. We have a combination of uh, live animals and uh, no longer alive animals (laughs) taxidermy mounts Um, and it's a it's a unique experience where it's very interactive. People get to to touch the animals to feel the animals and to learn a tremendous amount about the animal world of the Torah and the natural history of biblical Israel.
0: So do museums like this exist in other parts of the world that you know of?
1: No, we're pretty unique.
0: (laughs) And this has been your specialty forever, right?
1: Right. Well, as I tell people, you know, my whole life I've been fascinated by animals. My parents took me to the zoo when I was five and picked me up when I was 12. (laughs) And Ever since then, I've been keeping lots of weird and wonderful creatures. And uh, about 25 years ago, I started looking into what does Judaism have to say about uh, the animal kingdom. I found this incredible wealth of material. And, uh, and then it's materialized in the form of, of this museum.
0: It's actually a little bit ironic that I'm the one here doing this interview because I'm actually scared of most animals. Anyone who knows me knows that. But um, everything obviously here is caged and behind yeah. – well, I wouldn't say caged. I would say behind safe yeah. glass.
1: Yes, and they start off that way. And mm-hmm.
0: then and then he, try, he takes out the boa constrictor and I'm like, no, 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 yeah. no, no. Okay, so um, – what is an av- what's a regular tour like for a family that wants to come and see the museum?
1: Well, it's a guided tour. In the current facility, it takes about an hour and a half. Um, and it's uh, most, mostly indoors, air-conditioned. And uh, you learn a lot, and you get to uh, experience, you know, a a really extraordinary collection of mammals, birds, reptiles, amphibians, insects, learn a lot of topics about Tanakh, about Kashrut, a lot of inspirational um, ideas and concepts about the wonders of God's creation. You know, it's a very rich experience, Uh, and I'm pleased to say that on TripAdvisor, we're five stars, and a bunch of people say that we're the best thing they did in Israel.
0: Oh, fantastic. Well, it's definitely unique. I love being able to share, you know, different activities that can really only happen in Israel and your focus on Tanakh and Israeli animal animals that are from this region and kashrut. It's all very unique. So, um what would give us an example of one or two animals that you have here that are um unique to Israel or have a, a play a store, you know, are part of a story of the land of Israel?
1: Sure. Well, there's a there's a, a verse in Tehillim in Baruch Hinashi which, which says Harim Hagavohim Slaim Marcel Shfanim which is usually translated as uh, the high hills are for the ibex, it's a kind of wild goat, and the rocks are a hiding place for the Shafanim But what are shphanim? So it's usually translated as rabbit, like in the famous Israeli nursery rhyme "Ha Shafan, yeah. right? Uh, but in fact, it can't be a rabbit because this verse speaks about the Shafanim hiding in rocks. Uh, and rabbits hide in burrows not in rocks plus there's no rabbits in this part of the world so what are these fanims we know from this verse that it's a creature that hides in rocks and that's associated with yaelim, with ibex now where do you see ibex and engedi right and here at the museum we have this simulated uh mount a miniature mountain with uh with some ibex uh, uh, ibex on it and uh inside the mountain we have the shafanin the creatures that live uh, in the rocks alongside the uh, ibex in the wild in Engedi, and they are animals known as hyraxes. Funny little things that look kind of like groundhogs, but which are in fact most closely related to elephants. Believe it or not.
0: Oh, well, so they don't even look like rabbits. Right. It's well, tel- just
1: they're small, brown, and furry. That's <laughs> about as much as they have in common with the rabbits. Um, and uh, we have a you know a live colony of hyraxes here. So. You know, if the Shafan is really the hyrax, so why was it always translated as rabbit? And the answer is that that's a translation uh, that was done in Europe. Well, in Europe, they didn't have any hyraxes, so they had to translate the term to what they had. In fact, the story goes, rabbits were originally in Spain. And it was the Phoenicians uh, sailing west from here thousands of years ago who got to Spain. They saw these little furry animals hopping around, which reminded them of the hyraxes of, of the Shafanim. So they said, ah, we shall call this country Shafania. Espania, Spain. Oh, right. Wow. So Spain got its name because it was misnamed after the Hyrax. So the message we're trying to get across here in the museum is that now that we're back in our homeland, you know, we can regain familiarity with the animal world of Tanakh.
0: Oh, that's fascinating. And um, you, you actually do even more than just the, t- the family tours. I've been to one of your exotic dinners, yeah. which um, was very, very interesting. Maybe you could describe it a little better to the, the listeners. And I know you've done these dinners also in the U.S.
1: That's right. Uh, we do these uh, events in which we serve foods which are kosher, but which are never, never normally eaten. And we have a couple of different menus. We have the biblical menu, which includes doves and quails and geese and goat and deer. We have the uh, exotic curiosities menu, which is pheasants and sparrows and uh, guinea fowl and Asian water buffalo, things like that. And then we have the uh, legends from the sea, featuring things such as uh, piranha and kosher oysters and all kinds of other oddities. So those are events that we've done here in Israel and that we also have coming up in in Teaneck and in Florida in November.
0: Wow. So I'm sure there's a lot of work that goes into preparing dinners like that and also in the content of explaining to people why these animals are kosher or uh, is there ever controversy about this stuff? Oh, of course. <laughs> and well, how do you deal with the controversy?
1: What, what, well, you know me, I always try and stay away from con- controversy. Um, no, um, well, of course, with cash- with in general, you know, two Jews, three opinions. And certainly we're dealing with things that aren't normally eaten, and there's always uh, controversy. You know, swordfish is a great example. Swordfish is a fish that is widely popularly believed to be totally non-kosher. Uh, But in fact, it's mentioned as being kosher in the Gemara, and we have clear testimony that for many hundreds of years, Jews ate swordfish. Um, Now, the problem is, if you buy swordfish in the store today, you're getting a slab of swordfish, and you have no way of knowing if it's really a swordfish. They often pass off shark as swordfish. So the only way to do it is if you get the whole fish.
0: And it has fins and scales? It
1: has scales when it's young, and they're absorbed into its body as it grows older. Uh-huh. All right, but in order to know that you, so you can have an adult swordfish because you know it had scales when it was young, but you have to be sure it's a swordfish. So the only way to do that is to get the whole fish. Now a swordfish, you know, is seven, eight feet long, you know, it took us months to get one, it cost thousands of shekels. So it's, you know, quite a complicated event to pull
0: off. Does it taste good? Do you taste everything at your dinners? Oh yeah, yeah, even the locusts, yeah, sure. <laughs> So, I came to the dinner, and it's probably not surprising that I didn't taste a lot of the food, but I took lots of amazing pictures. Um, it was really exciting. I'm totally a coward. Um, but one of the real reasons why I wanted to come out here today, because this building that you're in, you've been here for about four and a half years, and you have some really exciting news to share about the future of the museum.
1: That's right. Uh, because things are getting pretty crowded in this building, both with exhibits and with visitors. Um, so for a long time we were looking for a new larger home And finally we've, uh, we found a fabulous place uh, Just a few minutes from where we are sitting right now Facing the entrance to Bet Shemesh It's a magnificent new building It's five times the size of what we have now And we're going to have a lot more exhibits uh, A lot better, you know, improved displays A lot more space for people A lot more parking and so on We're going to have a beautiful uh, venue hall For people who want to do a really unusual bar mitzvah or other event So it, we're very excited about that
0: And was it important to you to stay in the Beit Shemesh area?
1: Uh, Yeah, because, you know, it's really accessible. Now, especially now with the new road from the highway to Beit Shemesh, the new Route 38, it is just so easy for people to get to from every part of the country. It's it's literally 10 minutes from the main highway. Now, not a 10 minutes, it's really 20 minutes, but really a a 10 10 minutes. And and we get people from the the whole uh, expanse of the country because, you know, we're so centrally located.
0: Fantastic. So maybe tell can you walk us through a little bit what the different exhibits are going to be or how this new museum is going to be different on the inside?
1: Well, we're going to have a whole bunch of different halls. Uh, we're going to have a hall of wonders uh, displaying the most extraordinary creatures, including a, you know, a, 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 an elephant, not a live elephant, but a... Uh, uh, t- full-size tail of a whale all kinds of other extraordinary creatures we've got the au- auditorium uh, we've got the hall of biblical wildlife which is our, our main hall where we have you know the lions and the bears and the crocodiles and the hippos and the hyenas and all the other wildlife in biblical Israel uh, we've got a, a large hall of Kashrut, uh, hall of chauffeurs a wildlife barn featuring many animals that uh, uh, wild animals and so on that need a more outdoorsy kind of area uh, we've got a hall of small animals, which is going to be a very large room with all kinds of the uh, live reptiles, small mammals and so on. Eventually even a bat cave. Uh, the serpentarium, especially our snakes here are very popular, especially the huge ones. So we're going to have a whole uh, serpentarium to encounter all kinds of snakes.
0: So actually, you showed me the snake inside. How long did you say that snake
1: is? Uh, He's about 12 feet long, about 100 pounds. But in the new place, we're going to be getting an even bigger one.
0: So the truth is, he looks like he's even more than 100 pounds because he's thick.
1: Yeah. So amazing. Very very powerful animal. His name is Cuddles. He loves giving cuddles great snake there's some great
0: family selfie shots here
1: (laughs) you know he's a great snake you know eats anything loves children
0: (laughs) don't worry your children are very safe here Um, all the tours are guided by experienced guides Mm -hmm. who uh, not only know their animals well they know their Tanakh well they know their Israel history well Um, so is there anything else you want to share with the listeners that they should know about before coming out here this summer or
1: yeah so tours are right now tours are by reservation only So you'd have to go to our website, uh, biblicalnaturalhistory.org. Um, or you can call the office 073-213-1662 to make a reservation. Uh, Once we move, which is sometime in the fall, uh, then tours will be even without reservations. But right now, it's important to make a reservation, especially for the summer when tours uh, book up pretty fast.
0: Also, they've got tours in Hebrew and in English, so you want to make sure you're booking an English tour. And
1: Yiddish, if that's what you want.
0: (laughs) Or any other language you're looking for. Um, Great, this is so exciting. So I'm going to definitely write this up as a blog post and add some pictures of the rendering so people can see what the new building is going to look like and i wish i could take you all with me but uh, rabbi slifkin's about to take me on a back behind the scenes backstage tour of the building and uh, we'll post some pictures so you get to all see it thank you so much for sitting down with us thank you and now back to you yoni